You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Today, New Mexico's Secretary of State Maggie Toulouse-Oliver announced that she is formatting the 2018 general election ballot to once again include the option for straight party voting. The straight party option had long been a fixture on general election ballots until 2012 when then-Secretary of State Diana Duran chose to no longer provide that option. Like absentee voting and early voting, straight party voting gives New Mexicans another option for casting their ballot. Okay, that's not how that works. Absentee ballot, absentee and early balloting make it easy for you to vote. Straight party voting makes it easier for incumbents to stay in office. Voters can also choose to use straight party voting if they decide it will work best for them. They can choose to fill out the ballot for each individual race, Tulu House Oliver says. The more options people have, the easier it is for more eligible voters to participate, and participation is the key to our democratic process. You're full of crap. The more options people have. Straight Ticket voting is for lazy losers. If you vote straight ticket, you're a loser. You're a lazy loser. Losing lazy voter. Straight party option allows a voter to cast a single vote for all partisan candidates of one party, known as a ticket or slate, simply by marking the oval next to that major party's name at the top of the ballot. In other words, you don't actually care about who you're voting for. You're just voting for your team. Voters can do this and still choose candidates of a different political party and individual partisan race. Straight party simply gives voter a choice of how to cast their vote. <sighs> okay. Yes, people know that they... Uh, uh, what, yes, you may have the option to vote for... to what do is what is called scratch voting. Okay, which you mark the... the top of the ticket you vote straight party and then you go down to senate and you vote for a different candidate but what usually happens is county clerks who are tabulating the vote throw that ballot out because they can't determine what your vote was in the senate race because it's two conflicting answers and so while the law may be clear that doesn't mean that the county clerks or election divisions actually understand the law trust me i spent four years educating county clerks 92 of them on how to how to handle libertarian party candidates because nobody in the state of indiana had any idea how to handle libertarian party candidates voters can also ignore the straight party option altogether although we don't recommend it and fill in the oval next to every candidate they support Questions that are nonpartisan in nature starting from the retention of judges down through any constitutional question blah 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 so the New Mexico Secretary of State is giving voters options. Now, it's August 30th. This was announced on August 29th, yesterday. Um, and this is the Chris Spangle Show on the We Are Libertarians Network, episode 11 of the Chris Spangle Show. And we are discussing straight ticket voting. And so normally, see, here in Indiana, the, the limit... The deadline, I should say, is late July. I think it's July 31st. And the reason being they need to go and tabulate or they need to print all of the different ballots because ballot printing takes a long time. So it's weird to me that they're just now getting around to 
changing the ballot. They're doing this in September. That's only a couple months away from the election. I wonder why. Why would Secretary of State Maggie Toulouse-Oliver in New Mexico, an elected Democrat, allow straight-ticket voting? Uh, Well, Libertarian Senate candidate Gary Johnson, as of July 31st, um, is polling at 28%. That's probably why. Uh, Reason writes, as of July 31st, 45.9% of eligible New Mexico voters are registered Democrats. So 45.9% are Democrats, compared to 30.5% are Republican, and 0.7% are Libertarian. 0.7% of the people in New Mexico are Libertarian, and 1% are other, and 22% roughly are unaffiliated. Johnson, in uh, in the only three-way poll conducted since he officially announced, was at 21% compared to Democratic Martin Heinrich's 39% and the Republican nominee Mark Rich's. Now, 39% for the Democrat, it should be a sure race. It should should be like a sure thing for him. And, uh, but, you know, that's only six points. And Johnson only needs to get to 33 and the Republicans at eleven, so he's not really a factor in this race. In fact, he's stealing votes from Libertarian Party uh, candidate Gary Johnson. But what if he drops out? Well, then that could be a catastrophe for the Democrats. So, what is a good incentive to keep the Republican from dropping out? Straight party voting. So the reason that this exists is because back in the in the olden days, people didn't know how to read, and so. You would stand around in a big circle, and everybody that wanted to vote, they'd hold up a chicken, and then that's how you'd get the the chicken. Or they'd hold up a you know a, a torch, and that would be the Republicans. Uh, that's why they have ballot devices here in Indiana, and the chickens are the Democrats. And it's because people are too illiterate to vote properly, so they just had straight party voting. I mean, I'm not going to say that people are literate about civics, but. This really is just a way for the two parties to maintain their power. And here in Indiana, it's damn near impossible for libertarian candidates to get elected because of straight party voting, because it just completely mathematically eliminates, because people just walk in and push the button for the party that they belong to. They don't actually vote. And it also helps those down-ballot races because if you look at any – go look at election results from 2016 and start at the top of the ticket with president, senate, house. You'll notice as you start stepping down governor, state house, state senate, the votes drop off. The total numbers of votes drop off. And for whatever reason, people have values and don't vote for people that they aren't aware of and they don't vote for people that they have no clue who might serve. They don't vote for judges. And so they stop voting for people when they don't know who they are. But but the straight ticket voting gives those smaller races uh, a fighting chance if if you're in a place like Indianapolis where it's Democrats rule, Republicans get that extra few percentage points from straight ticket voting and it gives them a fighting chance. Um. Gary Johnson responded, suggesting that New Mexico voters don't want to take the time to actually indicate their preferences for each office is ridiculous. He wrote in an email, pushing voters towards straight ticket voting as a worn out staple of major party incumbents and flies in the face of the reality of the great majority of voters are that they are independent minded and don't need or appreciate a ballot that provides shortcut partisanship, a shortcut to partisanship. 
Um, the Republican Party has announced its intentions to sue, which I don't know why they would. Um, let's see. I'm looking at this article here. They have a little thingy here. But um, the Libertarian Party is joining that suit. Helen Melanzinski is the vice chair of the LPNM, and they're officially informing you that they're joining the lawsuit towards the injunction, being Matt Welch, who they were talking to. I wrote an email to your editor. So they are both suing the Democrats. Um, A Democrat complained in response that the practice gives partisan advantage in low-information elections. That was State Senator Jacob Candelaria. The decision did not come totally out of the blue. Toulouse Oliver, an elected official seeking re-election this November, she's seeking re-election and just did something to help herself. Oh, okay. Uh, has campaigned on reinstating straight party voting, which the state had eliminated in 2012. Uh, Richard Winger uh, over at Ballot Access News gives us more uh, context. States have repealed straight ticket voting devices in the past 50 years, uh, like Delaware, Georgia, Illinois, Iowa, Missouri, New Hampshire, North Carolina, Rhode Island, South Dakota, Texas, effective in 2019. And Wisconsin, Michigan repealed its device in 2016, but a district court recently struck down the Michigan repeal. Besides Michigan and New Mexico, the only states that still have straight ticket devices are Alabama, Indiana, Kentucky, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, and Utah. So, so yeah. And I guess at one point, Gary Johnson, I had read somewhere, and I don't know if this is fake news, but um, he actually signed a bill that eliminated that. But um, she's she's trying to help herself. That's that's really what this comes down to. She's trying to help herself get reelected. So, um, enraging news. And I have to tell you, I was just... How did I feel when I saw it? I wanted to be mad. Like, I wanted to be ticked off. I wanted to be outraged. I wanted to be disappointed. I wanted to have any emotion at all other than just complete... Yep. That's pretty much what they do. <laughs> like, I don't know. I've just done this so long that I'm at a point where I just go, yep, anytime you get ahead, they're just going to do this stuff. Like, And that's that's the the reality of it. If you are outside of the establishment, it's why we need to end gerrymandering and rebalance the makeup of state legislatures and the, and the United States Congress. We have to start rebalancing the government to more sane uh, means. I, I just... I look at this and I go, you know, we we have gerrymandered districts that are so out of bounds that they're like four court cases. 538 has done a great podcast series and their podcast feed about gerrymandering in these states like Wisconsin and uh, North Carolina. And um, you, you just hear the way that these lines are drawn and that just leads to partisan hacks and idiots getting elected to state legislatures. And then those idiots rise up to the position of Secretary of State, and they're all just chosen and and there because they're partisan hacks. Like you have to understand, you don't get to the position of an executive branch member or uh, uh, an elected official if if unless you're just you've spent years kissing the butt of old white men who are in charge of the power. And I and I and I include Democrats in that. That's not a 
just a it's just the power structures in these parties do not favor anything that relinquishes their power and the only way to really start fighting back is we have to get very serious about bullying people like this woman calling the office writing letters to the editor across the state writing news editors across the state and and saying what what is your response to this are you covering this this is a miscarriage of the electoral process forget the russians okay we talk about russians are stealing the elections how about the democrat that is on the ballot in november just pa- just single-handedly without any check or balance gave herself an advantage in her election it's just so frustrating you know, but the media is not going to do its job. Uh, they're not going to actually do anything. I, I want to. Pl- I'm so I'm sitting in Cracker Barrel this morning, and um, you know, on occasions your protein bar just doesn't cut it. I, I like the kind protein bars. It's like some chocolatey thing, and it's you know, nice little twelve grams of protein, and it's nuts and chicory root, and you get fiber, and it's very tasty in the morning. I, I don't like a heavy meat. I don't like a heavy breakfast, but sometimes you just need eggs, and you need bacon, and you need hash brown casserole, and you need sourdough toast and gravy, and you need water. That's my order. Um, <laughs> and so sometimes I go across the street over the Cracker Barrel and and uh, listen to the show <laughs> that I work for. And read the newspaper on my iPad and um, get ready for the day and just enjoy a nice meal. And um, today, on on a commercial break, I, I switched over. I like to listen to news, uh, various news reports, especially in the morning. Kind of catch up on what happened yesterday, what I might have missed. And one of my favorite people in the media is Jake Tapper. I love Jake Tapper. I've always loved Jake Tapper. I will never... Uh, not love Jake Tapper because he's he's a poster. Like there's something deep within Jake Tapper. Oh, I said I wasn't going to curse on this. My bad. Um, the the uh, Jake Tapper. I've I've liked him going back to the old Dennis Miller radio show days. Like he used to call into Dennis Miller when I would run the board there, and he was just constantly snarky. I mean, he's like Nick Snar Nick Snarkwark. Uh, but uh, he has the right to be neutral, and so I, I so I tuned into the lead with Jake Tapper on CNN. And last night I was I was at, on my post dinner walk, and I was listening to another news podcast, and they were talking about this Florida primary, and Ron DeSantis won, and the Tallahassee mayor uh, it was an upset. I, I wish I had prepared his name. I, it'll, it'll be in this report here. But the Tallahassee mayor, uh, a black Democrat male, 39 years old, um, by all measures seems to be a future rock star of the Democratic Party, the way that you, you hear them talk about him. And so he won the surprise victory in the Florida governor's race. And Ron DeSantis, who ran on basically a pro-Trump um, platform. He's a very down the road conservative, very orthodox Republican. But he he ran an ad where his baby was in like a onesie with Trump, and so because he ran an ad with Trump, tying himself to Trump in a state that Trump lives and a state that Trump won, he's a violent extremist who must be destroyed at all costs. So I'm on my walk last night, and I'm like, you know what, this guy. 
seems very middle of the road. Uh, he he do, there doesn't seem to be anything about him that's concerning. So they're going to have to make something up. They're never going to let this guy just have an easy race because this Democratic mayor is being investigated by the FBI. The mayor's office, as the media will often report, he's not being investigated. The mayor's office is being investigated by the FBI. You, you won't hear that in the CNN report. You won't hear that in most of the media going around. So it is a Democrat that is a socialist in the way that Bernie, who endorsed him, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a socialist. He's the same ilk. Yet he got elected because he had $5 million from Tom Strayer and also George Soros uh, donated to his campaign millions of dollars. That's not a conspiracy theory. It's, um, where did I read that? New Yorker reported that, basically. And so here's a socialist who basically benefited from capitalism to get elected. Uh, you won't hear that in the CNN report. In fact, you'll only hear good things about the the Democrat that won, who only won because there were two establishment Democratic candidates that ran, and they split the vote, and so he won. <laughs> but there's a Democratic socialist wave sweeping the Democratic Party. We know he just split the vote. So he's now the candidate. So I'm sitting there going, okay, very weak Democratic candidate, FBI investigation, ties to George Soros, you know, in a baby boomer state where those baby boomers love the George Soros theories. And and then you've got a run-of-the-mill conservative Republican. Well, what they're going to do is they're going to create some narrative around this Republican that obviously is going to bring them down, so their favorite is racism. Little did I know that around the time I was thinking that thought on my walk, he was being an idiot and saying things he shouldn't have said uh, on, on a TV program and spoon-fed them the thing that they, would, they will now beat him over the head with, the thing that like George Allen lost on in Virginia when he, he made an, uh, a supposed slur about Indian Americans. You know, and, and here's the thing. So I want to play this clip from the lead because I was just like, I've never heard a more clear-cut example of nonsense from the media. And I want to break this down for you. So I want you to learn how I listen to media so you can start to dissect these clips in the same way. Because if you just listen to this, you'd get the impression that he's a race, the Republican's a racist, and the Democrat is just being picked on and bullied. And it's a, it's an explosive new report. And it, so let's break down the language of this and, and, and walk through this. This is from the 829 episode, Florida GOP candidate warns voters not to monkey this up as Bernie Back Dem faces, uh, I forget what the title, the rest of the title says. We just got a preview of what the midterms could look like, and it ain't pretty. All right, first off, that's not Jake Tapper, it's somebody else. Um, I didn't do enough show prep today, and so I don't know his name. He's a, a random, milk toast, standard issue CNN white guy. Uh, it ain't pretty. We just got a preview of the 2018 elections, and it ain't pretty. What's not pretty about it? Like it's just words. Like some TV news. The problem is it's just words. It's it means nothing. The lead starts right now. It is Trump versus Sanders, or pretty close to it. After a primary night that's giving us a glimpse of how divided and how ugly the next few months could get. All right. So it's Trump versus Sanders. So they're trying to make this relatable to you to get you to care enough to watch the rest of this show. This is not Donald Trump, and this is not Bernie Sanders. 
Okay, these are two other individuals that are running for office. But if the media can tie DeSantis to Trump and the Democrat to Sanders, then it's like Trump versus Sanders and it's sexy and you'll give us ratings. Plus, breaking news, a monumental White House exit. The man who may know better than anyone whether President Trump obstructed justice is on his way out. What kind of crisis could he leave behind? What kind of crisis could he leave behind? So the man who knows about Donald Trump, whether or not he obstructed justice, is leaving the White House. What kind of crisis are they leaving behind? There's no crisis here. The guy is leaving the White House. And they're making it seem like a crisis. And so it becomes a crisis because they keep repeating that it's a crisis. And this, overcome with emotion, Senator John McCain's family paying their final respects as this very hour, the public gets its first chance to say goodbye to a national hero. This national hero that we have decided is a national hero, despite being a regular Republican senator who just was irascible and said a lot of things out of turn. But he was here all the time because he loved to be in front of the cameras. And so he's our friend. And so it's a tragedy that he's gone. And I want you to feel sad and emotional about this event because he's a hero. So you'll give us ratings and then we can get money off of you. Welcome to The Lead. I'm Jim Shudo in again today for Jake. And we begin with the politics lead, the primary election that could signal the divide between Democrats and Republicans. Okay, it could signal the divide between the Republicans and Democrats. Like, all right, so we're about to start dividing Republicans and Democrats because I thought we were all living in the hell that is the two-party system. Even bigger in Florida. Andrew Gillum, a progressive candidate backed by Bernie Sanders, scored the Democratic nomination... He would be the first African-American governor of Florida. That is, as Ben Shapiro pointed out when he broke this down, it's like, like there's been a black president at this point. Like, how many first black X, Y, Z, or gay X, Y, Z, or what? Like, everything is, it's, it's important because this is a milestone. If he can beat, we're all very racist in this country. And yet, here's this, this black Democrat who is now elevated to a position where he can become governor. Uh, it, it's like if we were, it, he wouldn't have a shot if we were all as racist as the media made us out to be. Republican Congressman Ron DeSantis, the far right candidate in Dor- the far right candidate. He's not far right. He's just a Republican. But he says nice things about Donald Trump, because if you say nice things about Donald Trump, he will give you support. He will lead the, the party to do nice things for you. He will give you an endorsement, and then you can raise money off of, off of his name, because he's popular in Republican circles. So you want to encourage people to vote for you uh, in the primary because of Donald Trump, right? But that makes him far right. Forced. He doesn't actually give you any examples of how this guy's far right. He just labels him far right. President Donald Trump. But the morning after DeSantis won his party's nomination, he was on Fox News using language that many are calling racist today. This while talking about his opponent. Now, before we play this clip, we want to frame this for you. This is a very racist statement. Some are calling it racist. That's what they mean. They mean, watch this racist say something uh, and I should remind you that racist doesn't mean racist anymore. Colorist is now uh, hating someone because of the, the skin tone. 
Racist means you support the systemic oppression of minorities and women. And so basically it's everybody who's not on their, in their club. Uh, but notice how he calls it racist. He, he doesn't call it racist. He says, some are saying, which is always a favorite media trick, some are saying that this is racist. So please have that color, the, the, oh, excuse me, have that shade your view of this clip. The last thing we need to do is to monkey this up by trying to embrace a socialist agenda. Okay, um, like that's it? That's all you're going to play? You're just going to give us the, the, the one little sentence? There wasn't any context to it? There wasn't a lead up to it? There wasn't a tale to it? We don't know what context he, he meant? And furthermore, listen, don't. he should have known better. Okay, and I'll have a theory on on his thinking here if there was any. But he we don't want to monkey this up. And apparently it has it's a, like a common term in the south. You know, but he means screwing it up. Right? But it doesn't really matter if he had said, you know, we don't want to throw a monkey wrench into this or we don't it it, it he used the M word and so he's immediately a racist. CNN's Phil Manningly joins me now. Phil, the face-off, uh, hard, to, hard not to say it, getting off to an ugly start. Yeah, just within a matter of hours. Look at Wow, uh, so it's an ugly start. So we, we're telling you that this is an ugly start. We don't want you to think for yourself. We want you to have an opinion formed about this event, this out of con- this well, not out of context, but this almost no context clip. Uh, it sure was ugly, wasn't it, Phil? It's a race that will put somebody in position to decide things like Medicaid expansion, the drafting of the new congressional maps, lay the groundwork for a swing state in 2020. But, Jim, here's why this is nationally important, uh, because this person will uh, oversee Medicare for all and this person will draft congressional maps and this person uh, will help uh, ensure that a Democrat does or does not win in 2020. As you noted, it has already started into a fierce battle and it doesn't look like it's going to ease anytime soon. The Florida governor's race is turning heated in a hurry. He's much too too liberal for Florida. Just hours after the primaries were called, Trump-backed Republican Ron DeSantis stirring controversy with this attack. Notice how uh, Trump-backed Republican, they never just say Republican. There's got to be a qualifier to it, far right or Trump-backed Republican. Back on his Democratic opponent, Andrew Gillum. The last thing we need to do is to monkey this up by trying to embrace a socialist agenda with huge tax increases and bankrupting the state. Florida Democrat. Again, uh, no lead into that. There was no context to it. It just went right to the to the statement once again. Democrats immediately seized on the comments directed at Gillum, the first African-American to win a majority party nomination for go- Please have sympathy for him. Governor in the Sunshine State calling them, quote, disgusting and accusing DeSantis of launching his general election campaign with racist dog whistles. So uh, it's a dog whistle, which means dog whistle politics means you're activating an element in the body politic uh, that uh, without saying it expressly, you're giving a veiled, uh, you know, uh, I mean, okay. The guy was sitting in a TV studio giving an interview and said, let's not screw this up. Let's not monkey this up. Now, obviously, not the appropriate choice of words considering your opponent is black. Because, you know, even if you, that, even if you had no intent and it was a complete slip up, you know from a campaign perspective what's going to happen. 
so he just wasn't thinking, or was he? I'll give you my conspiracy theory here, here in a moment. Uh, you hear the Democrats' response to it, but you never hear, I don't think in this clip you even hear the, the DeSanctis response to it. The DeSantis campaign responded. The oh, comments well, were quote, "Call me a liar." Then, quote, obviously, talking about Florida not making the wrong decision to embrace the socialist policies that Andrew Gillum espouses. Adding to characterize it as anything else is absurd. It's very clear uh, that Mr. DeSantis is uh, taking a page directly from the campaign manual of Donald Trump. Uh, but I think he's got another thing coming to him. Gillum, the mayor of Tallahassee, pulled off a surprise upset Tuesday night, fueled by progressive grassroots energy. And progressive grassroots energy funded by millions and millions of dollars from two billionaires, uh, despite the fact that he's under an FBI investigation. Uh, those words will not be heard here. The support of Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. I actually believe that Florida and its rich diversity are going to be looking for a governor who's going to bring us together, not divide us, uh, not misogynist, not racist, not bigots. Gillum ran on support of Medicare for all and legalized. So there's no evidence that he is a misogynist, a bigot, a homophobe, a racist. Uh, but now his opponent is just calling him those slurs. Uh, and the CNN dutifully reports that he's a misogynist, a racist, a bigot, and doesn't refute the fact that he's name-calling his opponent. They just let that slide here. ...recreational marijuana and has called for the impeachment of President Trump. DeSantis firing back on Gillum's progressive platform. Now, you just heard some points. Uh, hey, he's pro-marijuana, and he's going to impeach Donald Trump. Don't you like that, CNN listener? Again, no mention of the FBI investigation. With a twist. He is an articulate spokesman for those far left views, and he's a charismatic candidate. And, you know, I watched those Democrat debates. None of that was, was my cup of tea. But, I mean, he performed better than the other people there. DeSantis has closely aligned himself with the president, even running a primary ad featuring him teaching his children Trump-inspired lessons. Ron loves playing with the kids. Bill? You notice they didn't actually talk about what DeSantis believes uh, at all. They, they, they gave you some policy points from the Democrat, but they didn't with the Republican. Uh, they basically played this like weird out-of-context clip saying the guy is articulate and that he's, uh, he's a charismatic person. They played his opponent saying nice things about him. The wall. He reads stories. Then Mr. Trump said, you're fired. I love that part. The president tweeted his congratulations to DeSantis Wednesday morning, calling Gillum the biggest dream for Republicans because of his record. Time to Trump, time to Trump. Gillum telling the president to at me next time, real Donald Trump. A fiery start to a hotly contested race with massive implications for 2018. Directly from the positive comments from Trump into a fiery start. Ooh. That could also offer a window to the state of American politics heading into the 2020 presidential campaign. And Jim, President Trump was asked about DeSantis' comments today, said he hadn't heard him, but that he was an exceptional candidate, kind of underscoring the fact he is going to be very present in this race. And one of the most interesting elements about this race, Jim, is the ideological battle here. Usually in governor's races, particularly in states like this, you see candidates try and swing quickly back to the center. There is no more stark contrast than what you see in this race in terms of where they stand on the issues. The ascendant Trump is... Never actually got any explanation of the issues from the two candidates. ...in the Republican Party, the progressive movement over on the other side of things. This will be a test case that just about every party will be keeping a close eye on, Jim. Yeah, is it a bellwether for the country? Phil Mattingly, thanks very much to the panel now.
Uh, Simone, you heard the comments from Ron DeSantis there. In your view, was that an intentional dog whistle? Oh, my goodness, it was. I, mm-hmm. you, they, we didn't Leading question. We play this part of the clip, but he also called uh, Mayor Gillum articulate. Yeah. <laughs> articulate is something that white people say about mm-hmm. black people because they don't expect them to be able to speak well. Mm-hmm. I don't- what? Okay. I, or or your children, because you say Jason uh, Jonathan Capehart, I think his name is from Politico, was also uh, took offense that he that he speak. Uh, it wasn't that he speaks well. Oh, man, I need to find that. It was so innocuous. Uh, hold on, I'll find that. Keep listening to this nonsense. Well, the child is so articulate. Uh, mayor Gillum is neither a child. Is not a child. He's a grown man that was the whole mayor of a of a, of a city. So look. Ron, uh, the Republican nominee has clearly stated where he's going to be. Clearly has no idea what his name is. Andrew Gillum is amazing. Yes, Senator Sanders and I will say Julian Castro were the two only national political figures, if you mm-hmm. will, to come down and back him. But this isn't a, a, a Bernie versus Trump thing. Uh, Rare Gillum is amazing. He is running a, on a progressive uh, ticket. He is being authentic, and I think his authenticity um, is what has made the voters, what made the voters flock to him, and that is what is going to lead him to victory, I think. Uh, also performed well. He performed well in the debates. Uh, so MSNBC contributor and uh, writer Jonathan Capehart, uh, Washington Post columnist, excuse me, Jonathan Capehart, and fellow podcaster on Wednesday night uh, declared the term performed well as hurtful and offensive to African Americans. Kirsten, Amanda, Jackie, do you, do you agree on, on DeSantis's comments? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no question. I mean, mm-hmm. what would be the other way to interpret right. it? I, I don't, you know. What would be the other way to interpret? Don't monkey this up. What would be the other way to interpret that? I don't know. There might be another way to interpret it. Oh, and I think that you know, he should um, you know, be more sensitive, I think, to those issues. I think, like you said, it wasn't just the monkeying up comment. Right. It's the articulate comment, which by now everybody should code know. Words. Mm-hmm. Right. It's code word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Said, I kinda- That's a code word. You should know that. I, say, I have a hard time wrapping my head around. This is uh, Amanda Carpenter, who used to be the uh, spokesperson for uh ted cruz the idea that someone like desantis would be so dumb mm. as to say Is it something like that. you're surprised by dumbness <laughs> here's the thing <laughs> republicans are idiots he is yale undergrad harvard law congressman uh, long career in the military yeah he knows what he's doing and so he's then if you can see like that he's smart <laughs> why did he say that yeah why did the Fox News host not interrupt him and say, sir, would you like to clarify your statement? What did you mean? Why didn't Fox News interrupt him? Why didn't they stop the interview? I don't know, because they probably didn't see it as a racist comment. Uh, but that's just Fox News for you. They're racist. Um, you know, I like that the, the they're, they're implying a motive here of which they have absolutely no. I have not seen. I mean, I, I would imagine that today uh, Raw Story or Huffington Post or Think Progress or Media Matters would have posted the long train of racist abuses. <laughs> and they may still. I mean, who knew? Who knows if he said the N word 87 years ago or his grandfather did. And so therefore, he's not qualified to be uh, governor of Florida. But um, so they're just implying that there's malintent here uh, as opposed to presenting evidence that he clearly is a racist and there was bad intent. Here are the facts. And this is why this was wrong. They're just saying he's a smart guy. He should know better. There must be something behind it. By that, it's like, do we not see what's happening here? And more so this race, I don't understand what he's doing. And also the Democratic candidate 
None of them are talking about Florida issues. Mm -hmm. It's impeachment versus witch hunt. Meanwhile, Florida... I don't know. Maybe it's because the only thing that the media cares about are those broader topics that have national interest. And uh, we just heard a piece where they don't... Nobody cares about Florida issues. They only want Trump versus Bernie. Is covered in toxic green slime. Uh, Kids are getting shot up all over the place. I don't think that's true. Kids are literally getting shot up all over the place. All over Florida. Just everywhere. In the 7-Eleven. In schools. Well, maybe they are. Uh, (laughs) Maybe a bad... uh, Maybe maybe she's got a point. There there are some issues with gun violence in Florida right now. He's doing a better job about he, it. Yeah, he's talking specifically about Sandra Ground and all those things. Yeah. He's been talking specifically and, about Florida. Yes, but the race is nationalized, and I had to keep checking to make sure they were running for governor mm-hmm. and not senator. Right. But, well, yeah, but you have seen that in a number of these races yes, so yeah. far, have you not? And, and I think that's going to be the challenge, right, for both of these candidates to stick to issues that affect mm-hmm. Florida instead of getting pulled because both... Uh, uh, Gillum, more than DeSantis, is going to be put on yeah. candidates that might not be so progressive, right. particularly in Florida. I think there are four House seats that are very much for play um, right now in Florida that, you know, maybe those candidates aren't as progressive as Gillum, who's going to be the top of the ticket. Mm-hmm. We've already seen this. Well, they must submit or die. With Alexandria uh, Ocasio-Cortez. In different places, they're making Dems all like her, and they're not. Uh, it's, it's a, midterms are very different. There isn't usually an overarching You're theme. Right. It, that's just, it, it's, every, every, it's every man and woman for themselves. And I want to get to that point later, because there is some yeah. contradictory evidence as to where the party has been going there. But before I right. want to do that, you heard Phil mention... Oh, I don't know. The contradictory evidence would have been that billionaires basically flooded the entire state with money and uh, help promote this guy on a split ticket. But she didn't mention that. There's your contradictory evidence. There that the president was asked about DeSantis' comments by my colleague Jim Acosta. Let's look how oh, the president boy. answered. Yeah, I didn't hear that, Jim. I mean, I've been, out, I've been actually working on the deal with Canada, so I have not heard it. He's an extreme talent, and he will make a fantastic governor of Florida. So I think Ron is... Uh, he's extraordinary in so many different ways. I haven't heard that at all now. Uh, the president, we know, has been watching TV today because he, he was tweeting about things that he saw on Fox News. Do you buy that answer? No. And I'm sure Jim Acosta felt gaslit as do I. All Donald Trump does is watch television. So the idea that he did- She is like the most... She's great television. But I, I see her all the time. I don't know who this who this who um, this commentator is. But she she is... She reminds me of the early days of Van Jones, who I actually kind of like now. I like Van Jones. I think he's very thoughtful. And every time I hear Van Jones on CNN, I do, you know, yeah, there's all the white lash stuff. But I think Van Jones, for his perspective, like, I learn a lot from him. Uh, But in the early days, he was kind of a bomb thrower and a partisan bomb thrower. And uh, you you even hear Amanda Carpenter, who all the conservatives are always very thoughtful and uh, reasoned. But the, the Democrats on cnn get to be as much of a bomb thrower as they possibly want there's no measure there's no uh it's just as as aggressive as they possibly can be didn't see the comment it's crazy but i'll just say to this point about the race andrew gillum ran on issues that is how he got elected he beat gwen graham who was the the establishment favorite to win former daughter of a governor had emily list and all these other folks backing her no national folks wanted wanted to touch money Mike Braun here in Indiana uh, spent $6 million of his own money on television ads to win a Senate seat and beat the two establishment candidates who split the ticket, Todd Rakita and Todd Young. They spent $2 million on ads. And so 
Three times more on television ads, which raise his name ID, which is the only thing that matters in winning elections. Name ID is all that matters. So libertarian candidates, those of you who think that you're making an impact by posting just on Facebook or Twitter, you're not. You have to go out and raise your name ID through knocking on doors because you don't have the money to buy $6 million worth of TV ads to win a Senate race. So that's what matters. And so this Tallahassee mayor was able to outspend on TV ads his opponents because of George Soros and Tom Steyer. Gillum, except... Who also uh, are... He's Tom... Specifically, I think it's Stayer. I don't know if it's Strayer or Stayer. I apologize. But um, he is pledging to spend more than the $5 million that he put into this primary. Bernie and Julian Castro. So he was the way he won was a good ground game and running on the issues. He's talking about Medicare and Medicaid, like the lack of expansion in the state. He's talking about stand your ground. He's talking about um, the, the the gun laws. So and the and Scott's inability to have done anything. Ignoring all of those facts that actually do matter to talk about how he's progressive. And so that's why he won. You're missing the key facts in this. You're missing the reason he actually won and putting it onto something that you like. That's not analysis. Like, that's not good commentary. Like, that is that is cheerleading. About it. So he's talking about the issue. Yeah, I mean, I do think if you look at the bigger picture of what's happening, that the progressives are running on issues. I mean, they, do, they just are. Now, whether you agree with the issues or not, that's up to you. But they're And they're winning on these issues uh, at much higher rates than they have in the past. The, the Republicans are running on being close to Trump, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, it's like it's not really mm-hmm. about issues. It's just about whether or and not that has you worked, can get— has it not for right. Republicans but in the primaries? Kind of the the president, I think, he's, I think. he's got you a 36-and-6 record right. in terms but of— But it's all about who can suck up to Trump the most and be the mm-hmm. most like and, Trump and get Trump's approval, but it's not really—whereas the progressives are really talking about making some pretty serious changes to the way Democrats are thinking about some big issues. Well, an independent— <sighs> All right, that's enough. I just—I can't do it anymore. <laughs> everybody's an idiot, everybody's a racist, everybody's a bigot, everybody's a homophobe, except for the progressive, the Democratic progressives. Like, are we not getting the message yet? Like, are we not seeing this? Like, this is this is the world that, that we're creating. Like, unless you start calling the BS like it is. Like, it just, it's... Unless you start standing up and saying, no, you know what, I have a right to speak, I have a right to say what I want, I have a right to do these things, I have a right to vote, I have a right to to not have you change my ballot to protect yourself. Like th- these these are if if you want to know how you get a Democratic Secretary of State changing the ballot that she is on to help herself and her fellow Senate candidate beat a, a third party onslaught the the reason that they can get away with that is because of media like this that's that's plain and simple and so you wonder why cnn is getting beaten by like doogie hauser md reruns like on tbs so it's because of bs like this all right thanks for joining us here on the chris spangle show if you enjoyed the show then please uh go and subscribe to the chris spangle show in any podcatcher please go to itunes and google play or google podcasts or stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcast and review rate and review the show five stars only otherwise don't bother 
and uh, I would really appreciate good comments, good reviews for this. Um, working hard on it and uh, very excited to keep doing this. So please be sure to um, rate, review, subscribe, and donate at Patreon at patreon.com slash libertarians. And uh, thank you to everybody that puts on social that they're listening to the show, that they like this show, and we are libertarians. Uh, we share the heck out of those when you do that, and we really appreciate you. Because let me just be frank with you, okay? I'll not BS you. The way that you get something like this to grow is through something called social proof. If I talk about how much I love this show, people don't listen because it's my show. But if your friends and family see you talking about somebody else, then they go, wow, that person is talking about another person, so that person that's being talked about must have good content, must be important, must be something to listen to. So if you like this show, if you like any podcast, if you like any brand, if you like any media outlet, if you like any band, if you like anything, talk about it on social media and tell your friends because it helps that content creator. Um, and likewise, if you don't like something, then talk about uh, Jim Prosciutto or whatever his name is and say that was some, some BS content that you had there. So thank you for listening to the show and I will see you tomorrow.